Welcome into No Pun Intended, presented by Club Fantasy. I am your host, Joe Zolo. We are past the championship rounds. We are now into the Pro Bowl week. What the hell is this? Like, I, I have no clue. It's the All-Star weekend that probably isn't an All-Star weekend because I don't think they're actually having one or some, something. I don't some, some bullshit that they're playing on Madden. I was going like, to say, it's the Madden weekend. <laughs> it's just... I mean, wh- why why showcase one of the worst sports games ever created to the entire world for them to just not buy it? Like, I, I don't understand. Madden was $60 five months ago. It is now, like, $10. That's how little they have sold, and that's how much they're Sounds like selling. GameStop logic. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, excuse me. GameStop stonks. <laughs> Reddit users out here. Josh, Josh got the demon. Um, Reddit users are out here absolutely destroying the stock market. I I love it. Yeah, it's um, awesome. That's that's incredible. But uh, before we jump into our tight ends, obviously we have Josh, Ryan, Chris, the same three guys you've seen for the past three weeks. Nothing else is new. Uh, this will be our last week with Chris as this is the last accountability show. Yep. Uh, can't, can't really dive into more rankings after that. Uh, oh, we, we could. Have- Defense. Can always dive into rankings. <laughs> we can yeah, always do kickers. Kickers. Could always do the kickers. Um, I'm gonna cut you off here in a second. Keep going down that fucking road. Okay. Yeah. Face of the show, Josh. Come on, get out of here. Um, we will start talking about the championship games from this past weekend. So starting, we'll just go in chronological order, like it happened on Sunday. Uh, very clearly, the Buccaneers-Packers game was the better of the two games. Y'all. Um, just let's let's go general thoughts here because we have some time. I imagine tight ends aren't going to take up a good good time. All you need to I don't know, know depends on how long I'm going to rant about Tyler Higby. Listen, listen. Oh, I have a rant too. Okay, that's fine. We we go rants galore. We still have another 75 minutes. Um, just if it's not Kelsey Kittle or Waller, it doesn't matter. That's that it doesn't point, matter. Yeah. That there you go. And obviously, that Kittle, literally might be the last paragraph of my show notes today. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if it's if it's not Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, or Darren Waller. Go back to 2008, where if you didn't get Tony Gonzalez, you just waited till the 17th round to draft the tight end. It it doesn't matter. It does. All right. Not Great show, matter. guys. Great show. Here we go. Like, thank you for joining in. Uh, Thanks for having remember. me on. <laughs> yeah. It's it's ridiculous. But no, let's let's start with the Bucks Packers game. Josh, I'll start with you, because uh, you're obviously a fan of an NFC team yourself. Thoughts on the Packers and the Bucks and you know, just overall how the game went and whatever whatever you're feeling. I mean, I had the Bucks making it to the championship game. So I wasn't really that surprised they made it there. I mean Brady played like crap. I like I know people want to, you know, give him all the credit in the world. Yes, they won the game. Yeah. Three picks. But three interceptions. He didn't do all that great. That defense no. really bailed him. And out. one of them looked like a punt. I literally was yeah, like, what was the bad. hell is he doing? <laughs> that one was bad. Yes, that one was terrible. But yeah. So and, and that's the thing is you bring up it's like he did, you know, statistically. Playoff he, Lenny, man. Yeah, but statistically right. He had a worse game than Rodgers. Mm-hmm. But the Bucks had forced two turnovers and scored 14 points off those turnovers the Packers forced three interceptions and had six points off turnovers those two Brady interceptions in the fourth quarter turned into a punt and then 
Another punt. So I just three and outs, I think. Yeah, two three and outs. Like two three and outs. I think total on both drives combined, they had six plays for one yard. Wow. <laughs> so it, it, and it for for everyone because another another controversial call technically at the end. It's not controversial when you look at it because it's very clearly a hold. But for the fact that they weren't they calling it. it like that yeah. the entire game, it's the precedent where you say, okay, they probably should have let that one slide. Tyler uh, Johnson sold that. Oh, 100% that he drive. did. Oh, but my also, God. That looked like an NBA-level, freaking oh yeah. FIFA-level flop. Just like, to be that's clear, what that looked like. That sell job was actually better than that catch that Troy Aikman freaked out about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But the so two two things. Uh, Rogers doesn't have the it factor. That's it's that simple. Rogers was set up in multiple positions to score and win that game. He doesn't have the it factor. Two, Kevin King could now be the worst cornerback in the NFL. Like th- that was embarrassing how bad he played. And also, quickly, Josh, yes, he did get burned by Scotty Miller on just before halftime, but also why was the defensive call cover one? Like, that makes no sense. <laughs> that makes no sense. You put one safety back, and they need to go 40 yards to get in the end zone. That Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Go ahead, Josh. I don't even remember what the hell I was going to say, to be quite honest. <laughs> just say something. No, you, you were talking about bad corners. That's what it was. I mean, we've seen good corners get burned. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that yeah. Kevin King is the worst now. I mean, Josh. Carlton Davis got schooled for 200 yards by Tyreek Hill in one half. But like, jo- Josh, Josh, Kevin King was beat by Tyler Johnson. Who is Scotty one of the Miller. better route runners among this rookie oh, class? Sure, Let's sure. not, you know, sell sure. him short. Sure. And Scotty, Scotty Miller, Miller will tell you, he'd tell you he's the fastest player in the NFL right now. See, there you go. Oh, okay. Well, uh... <laughs> okay, Scotty. Well, the thing with Kevin King is he's tall. That's why he went in the second round of the draft. Yeah. He's tall for a corner. He's like 6'1", 6'2", I think. Yeah, teams are still chasing that Richard Sherman thing. So Exactly. And that's the biggest reason right there. I mean, University of Washington, they've been churning out corners of late. Kevin King was one of those guys. You know, I mean, it I doesn't mean, matter. Josh cause... Jackson, who went to him, I think it was uh, two years ago, the same draft that they took, Jaya Alexander. I thought he was a much better corner than Kevin King, but he really doesn't look like he's living up to that. I mean, all so, corners are trash anyway. So, all corners except Jair Alexander, who is except, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Alexander. We're gonna have to well. definitely give him his due with that little running joke because <laughs> he is fantastic. Ale- Alexander played very well. Um, I just, I, I don't, I don't want to hear it anymore. It's Brady over Rogers, and I'm, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, just, just shut up, all of, all of you, all of you. You can argue arm talent. With Rodgers. I, Rogers. I, I will argue not that. argue yeah. arm talent in the slightest. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers could throw the ball 70 yards with the flick of his wrist and have it be nine times out of ten fairly perfect as long as he has a clean pocket. Well, especially at this point in their career, you could argue that with most. But Absolutely, yeah. I, there's Look, I've been a Brady hater my entire life. There's no argument. And I'm not I'm, even close. I'm the oldest on the show. I watched Montana and it was great. Don't get me wrong. But what Brady does in this NFL is just unheard of. Like, it's just not close. So, so all right. Th- th- thank you, Ryan, oh. from, a, from a Brady hitter. Go ahead, Chris. I have a very important question for y'all. What did you think about the LaFleur call at the end of the game to kick Stupid. the field goal? Stupid. He's done fourth and nine. Stupid. Yeah, you go for it. I'm sorry. Okay. 
uh, Ryan just brought up Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. You want to put the ball back in his hands? Like, that's just stupid. Well, I mean, like, he's he's getting the ball anyways. Even if they score and tie it up, he still gets the ball. True, but at least if you tie it up, your defense can try and – like, they actually have to try and score at that point. Instead of just killing the clock Instead of just the killing the most intelligent quarterback in the NFL. So. Exactly. So it's Yeah, and you've had one of the worst run defenses in the entire league all year. Leonard Fournette's been running all over you all game. Why? What would make you think that you can stop him? Now, someone did bring up, didn't they technically stop them and get shafted on a penalty? Not shafted, but the penalty all took place around that time. So, I mean, they technically did yeah. what they were supposed to do. <laughs> well, the, the penalty was on third down, yeah. and it was a legit penalty but again agreed i'm just saying they technically did they got him into a third and long stopped them on the third and long unfortunately they stopped them by cheating so it just doesn't work out that way this is what you're seeing with a lot of these newer coaches that are supposedly these offensive wizards they don't have any balls they're going to play conservative they're going to take the you know the gimme shots instead of saying you know what i'm going to go win this game well, that's a huge issue in the or NFL. Tie this it's, game, you mean? Or tie it, yeah. I mean, regardless. Like, yeah, either way, like. You, but you that's a huge it. issue in the NFL, and it's almost the Cleveland Browns effect, and it seems they hopefully have broken this streak. But the coaches don't get time to f- screw up anymore. <laughs> they, they literally don't get the opportunity like they used to because you can literally be fired after one year, and it's just – it's not fair so, to the coaches. It's not fair to the players. And, and Chris. So, so, I don't think it's a – I was going to say, I don't think it's a terrible call. Um, I'll defend it. Like, so would you rather have your defense 31-23 having to stop them or 31-26 with a chance to actually win the game if they do stop them? 31-23 It wasn't fourth and short. It was was basically fourth and 10. 31-23 with the Buccaneers backed up on their own eight. Like, it's here's the thing, right? No matter what, if you don't convert on fourth down, you still have to score a touchdown. If you kick the field goal, you still have to score a touchdown. So either way, but but again, you need your defense to stop them. You then have to drive down the field with no timeouts. It's like uh, either way, you're going to have less time on the clock and no timeouts. I just think also just having a guy like Devontae Adams just makes that a little bit of an easier call for me. So Yeah, I mean, when you have the offensive skill players that they have, I, like, to me, that's a no-brainer. Like, you go for it. I understand Aaron Jones didn't have the best game, but you know, Tampa Bay's run defense has been elite for two-plus years now. And yeah. let's not forget, they got Vita Vea back for this game. Yeah. Like, I, it's not surprising to me that he struggled and Green Bay as a whole struggled running the football. I, I will say Rogers got tunnel vision on the goal line with Devontae Adams. And everyone everyone bitching at Lazard because he didn't turn his head. Check the tape. The ball was behind his head. He wasn't going to catch it anyways. So Rogers made two bad throws on that on that <clears throat> on that last drive that they had the football. So it, it like he got tunnel vision. And granted, Devontae Adams dropped a ball that he never drops. That yeah. back shoulder he never drops that pass. Um but you know, like I-, I would love to know Rogers' numbers targeting Devontae Adams inside the ten because he had more. He had way more incompletions than he had. The one thing I do want to throw out though is Rogers came out and said, "I thought we were going for it on fourth down, and he would have done things differently." Sure, 
And and I feel like that is something that Lafleur has to answer to because they had this kind of like rocky relationship last year where nobody knew who trusted who and this, that, and the other, but it seemed that they had gotten over that this year, but that's a major, like everybody could have, should have known what was going on at that point in the game. I have your numbers, Joe. You, what numbers? I'm sorry. What did I, what <laughs> you, did I ask? You, 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 asked Adams, what you wanted to. Yep. Oh yeah, what's what's the numbers? I'm actually I'm actually intrigued. In 14 games in the regular season. I just want I just want he this wants this week playoff game. Oh, this playoff game. Why why the hell would I care about inside the center of the season? Devontae Adams smoked every guy that played against him. I just well, care about the, the, the playoff. The point that I'm getting at is you can see the the differences. This regular season, As 19 targets, week. 17 receptions, 13 touchdowns. Gross. This week, one of six. Well, I would yeah. say just this week alone, one of six, one touchdown. Two yeah, yards. and the two playoff games, seven targets, two receptions, two touchdowns. Like so that means he was only targeted one time. <laughs> the yeah. time before that, so yeah, like that's a huge difference. Like he was unstoppable inside the ten throughout the regular season, and he was very stoppable this year in the last two games. Yeah, I mean, you just. You know Rogers is going to tunnel vision on him, so you do whatever you can to stop Devontae. You don't let your you don't let your their best player beat you. That's simple. Um, to the next game, talk about young coaches not having balls. McDermott, two twenty six yard field goals on fourth and two and fourth and three, like that does nothing against Kansas City. And you thought McDermott's going to come in? He went for it on fourth down on their first drive. You're like, oh shit! McDermott came to play. Like the Bills are here. They're gonna, they're gonna push Kansas City's luck, and they're gonna push their own luck, and they kick two damn field goals inside damn. the ten. Like I, I don't get that. I don't, I don't understand that. And Josh, you talked about a lot of these guys are offensive guys that come in. McDermott's a defensive guy, so I, I like normally defensive guys are like, let's, let's go, let's challenge the defense, but. I, I don't understand that. You come into I, Kansas City. To me, City. it was just a matter of a coach for the first time in this environment not really knowing how to react. And that that to me, that's really the whole thing. Andy Reid's been there, done this. He's the sure, first yeah. coach in NFL history that's taken two different teams to three straight conference championship games on their home field. Like, that's – your great Bill Belichick's never done that. I understand he's been with the Patriots the last 20 some odd years, but he's coached other places too. So again, coach the Browns. That's okay. He coached another team. <laughs> Go Browns. Anyway, anyway, like right now, Andy reads the class of the AFC and, and so are the chiefs. It really is. It's that simple. And the bills defense to me is they're good, but they're not as great as I think a lot of people want them to be. Tredavious white. Got well, pantsed that whole game. I mean, what do you expect? The guy's 5'10 lined up on Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's Josh, going to win that all day, every day. Josh, it, it wasn't even the fact that Kelsey bodied him. It was the fact that Tredavious White was five yards behind him on every route. No, he was. Like, I, and it wasn't even Kelsey, you know, using his body. Tredavious White got pantsed. He sucked in that game. Absolutely sucked. In... The thing we have talked about on this show multiple times, how do you beat Kansas City on defense? You don't rush more than four players, and you play high-low on Tyreek Hill. The Bills did 
none of those things. Well, yeah. And then we, we've talked about this and I found it funny that it even got brought up on the broadcast is you can't let both of them beat you. That's yeah. not an option. They Travis Kelsey had nobody near him the entire game. It was, it was his world. It was ridiculous. At one point he was on pace for 20 receptions <laughs> in the game. He had, well, seven, I mean, he I, had seven in the first half. Yeah, and I like, tweeted this out during the game. Like, they moved their best player into the slot. Taron Johnson is fucking terrible in the slot. He is god-awful. Tyreek Hill made him his bitch. Yeah. Like, straight up <laughs> destroyed him all game. Like, I understand you were going to lose with Kelsey, but at least try to win against Hill. Put your best corner, which is Tredavious White. Put him on Hill. Like, I just, you know, at, at the very least, he doesn't have 160 yards or whatever he ended up with. It didn't but, end up. It didn't end up mattering, but I love the um, McCole Hardeman uh, redemption play too on the goal line. That was pretty yeah. awesome. So. McCole Hardeman's terrible. His 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 skill is run straight. Yep. that's his skill. That's I it. mean, with Patrick Mahomes, I don't know that you need too much more that, than that. That's true. It is true. <laughs> but his skill is run straight. It's the only reason he's back there on kick return. Wasn't he the first wide receiver taken in that draft too? <laughs> like, no, pretty- no. I don't think he no. was the first. No. Okay. What year was he drafted? Two years ago. Uh, yeah, two years ago. He was drafted when the whole Tyreek Hill uh, yeah. child. The no, Hollywood year. Hollywood. Yeah. Nick- oh Harry yeah, no. Then he the wasn't even round. close. Never mind, because yeah, yeah, he was no. second round. So. Uh, but uh, you know, hey, congrats to Kansas City. Um, they, they, did, did I think every drive they scored? I don't think there was a drive the that, they, that they didn't score. Not the first one. The first one, Tyreek Hill dropped that pass. Yes, you're right. You're uh, right. They went three and out on that one. Um, yeah, I think that's about every, it. <laughs> I think every other drive after that, they scored. It's just, it, it, Ryan, you brought it up. You can't let both of them beat you. You pick who you want to beat you. And for me, every time it's Travis Kelsey. Because Travis Kelsey doesn't run a 4-2-40 and can rip the top off your defense. I am interested to see what Tampa does. Obviously, Tyreek Hill destroyed them uh, just seven or eight weeks ago. Um, but yeah. s- since that since that game, both teams are undefeated, and Tampa is averaging thirty four points per game. And they should have Antonio back this week too. I believe or, so. Uh, next week, and, excuse yeah. me, when they play, and, so they'll have their full complement of weapons. And I don't know if you guys looked at the the lines yet for this game. So it's Kansas City minus three um, as of right now. The over-under for this game is 56. Yeah, I thought I saw 56 and a half today. That's absurd. That you're, yeah, that's that's essentially cool. saying you both, first, yeah. you both. And again, like, you know, in theory, are both teams going to score a touchdown in every quarter? In theory, you're probably thinking, yes. If each team scores a touchdown in every quarter, you push. You don't even win money. You just push. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. But we'll get more into the betting uh, next, next week. week. I just, I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> Let's get into the tight ends here. Uh, we're just going to preface this. If it's not Kelsey Kittle or Waller, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but there is something, little neat stat. So 16 tight ends scored more than 140. I was floored games. by that, by the yeah. way, when I pulled that. I was yeah. like, wait, what? Compared to in previous years, going back from 2019 backwards, 10 in 2019, 9 in 18, then 10, and then 14 in 2016. Um, The position was up. It's just very inconsistent. 
Exactly. Um, you'll you'll have guys. I mean, Darren Waller drops a sixty burger, but he'll come back next week and drop fifteen, which is still a good week for a tight end. Um, but you you just have you'll have guys that Jimmy Graham two touchdowns for fifty yards on six catches. <laughs> In the next week, he he doesn't he's not even targeted. One for six. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The next week, he's not even targeted. So it's like it's it's tough. But some guys that uh, Josh, Chris, and Ryan uh, hit the nail on the head with for pre and end of season. Uh, Josh had Kelsey, Darren Waller. Um, he had Mike Gasicki. Wasn't that far off on Evan Ingram, Dallas Goddard, Austin Hooper, uh, Tyler Effing Higby, which we'll get to in a second. <laughs> um, and f- he said, for what it's worth, he was only three points off on Cole Komet's rookie year. Uh, Ryan, you also have Travis Kelsey. Shocking. Um, <laughs> we all did. <laughs> you had Noah Fant. Uh, you were one rake off on Hayden Hurst and Hunter Henry. You missed on Gesicki by just 20 yards. You also called the Austin Hooper dip. Chris, shocking, shocking, Travis Kelsey was oh, a big hit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mike Gesicki, Jonu Smith, Blake Jarwin, and Dalton Schultz, that that combo, essentially, yeah. of the, the Yeah, Dallas I, I, I put them together. Yeah, Schultz Dallas essentially Dallas. did what we expected Jarwin to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Almost exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that in your notes. That was really cool. Yeah. And uh you had Austin Hooper and Darren Waller as well. So Josh, um be sure to tag Hitman. Um, right. <laughs> tell tell us tell us why uh Tyler Higby is is not good unless he plays the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, essentially. I mean he had three touchdowns and I think it was week two when we when uh we played the Rams and he had two touchdowns the rest of the year. Correct. I was going back through and I was actually looking at uh, the splits when I was doing my projections between Higby and Everett. My splits were a little wider, but when you look at the two and the tight end position in that Rams offense as a whole, I was actually pretty close on getting the total correct. They combined for 122 targets. I predicted 115. Um, everybody was like, oh, they're going to run more 12 personnel. They're going to run more 12 personnel. That's going to result in more, you know, tight end work, et cetera, et cetera. Nope. It didn't result in more tight end work, but they did actually run more 12 personnel. I went back and I looked at the numbers from last year. They ran 12 personnel 21% of the time in 2019 for 219 plays versus 11 personnel 73% of the time at 768 plays. By the way, these stats are all uh, sharpfootballstats.com. If you haven't looked at that site, go look at it. Warren Sharp is fantastic. Uh, but this year they ran 12 personnel 29% of the time. So an increase and up to 349 plays. But then they were in 11 personnel 65% of the time at 782 plays. These are basically the only two formations that the Rams run. It's either 11 or it's 12. That's it. They don't really run anything else. And I know you can attest to this, Chris, as a Rams fan. But looking yeah. at these stats, I was like, holy crap. But then when you look at the amount of times they ran the football, Last year, they only ran in a 401 times. That number spiked to 473 this year. Yep. They took a running back in the second round. They want to run the football. Like, I don't understand why people were just, like, not buying into that concept at all. And it just baffled me. I understand it took Cam Akers some time to get going, but it does for a lot of rookies. And especially this year when they didn't have a preseason. And well, they were using Cam Akers big time down the stretch. And that's somewhere where I wanted to give Chris credit. And Chris, I'll let you talk since it's your team. But 
early on in our rankings, Josh, uh, Chris called me out for not having acres high enough. And I said, I think they're going to pass. <laughs> and Chris, you were like, no, they're going to run the football. So you knew right off the rip that this was going to be a running team. So they ran that 12 personnel just to run the football. And that's why you saw three running backs over a hundred carries. Um, just everything you had described, Josh. So Chris hit that right on the head to where everybody misread the situation because of the last eight weeks of 2019, where running that 12 personnel turned Tyler Higby into a wide receiver three. They didn't care about having a wide receiver three this year. They needed blockers, which is why Johnny Munt played a lot because he's their blocking tight end. But yep. then Higby and uh, Everett technically like share that second tight end spot. Yeah, and, so and even and when Everett actually, had, Everett actually had two more targets than Higby did. Yeah, Everett, Everett was at 62 and Higby, I believe, was at 60. Yep. So, so like I said, yeah, Chris, that was a great call on your part to where I, I legitimately thought it would be more of a passing team. And you you corrected me right there. Um, and obviously you could have been right about the acres. It just took him longer to get going like Josh brought up. And plus their usage of everybody early in the season was so weird. Malcolm Brown had that amazing week one, and then they just stopped using him for three weeks. And it was, it was interesting to say the very least, but that, that was a, a great call on Chris's part as well. But yeah, I had, I had Higby at projected at tight end 18 and he finished at tight end 17, but I know Chris was high on Higby. So I'm actually, I, I, I was too. Catch, I want to catch the inverse of that. Like, you know, obviously seeing what happened Chris versus what did happen yeah I mean that was probably my biggest miss at the tight end position was Tyler Higby I think I had him at eight or seven um so not even that high at the tight end position just a weekly streamer but uh the Rams the way they used everyone was just surprising to me like in the passing game we run we ran the ball a lot but like you, Higby would disappear for stretches. He would hyper target Woods. He would hyper target Cup. Some there was a couple of Josh Reynolds games in there. Um, it was just hard to predict who was going to be the guy for the Rams. I mean, other than the customary six for seventy for Woods. <laughs> exactly. I am sorry. I just I, I was looking. I was at, doing the same I was thing. Who Jamie Vardy is? I was I like, it up. I was like, is that a Ram? <laughs> Uh, he plays for Leicester City. Yeah, in the in the EPL. So uh, beyond Arsenal, we appreciate you listening in, but we have no idea anything yeah. about. Uh, he says, <laughs> "Man, football for us." <laughs> said, "Man, you not keeping a clean sheet hurt his <laughs> fantasy Premier League team." One didn't know they did a fantasy Premier League team. Do they have a fantasy everything? They do, man. Yeah, guys. Well, we guys, do fantasy guys, poker. Guys, guys. We wish your team luck. Guys, guys, <laughs> stop yelling at me. Um, Why you yell at us all the time? Because I'm the host. I can do that. <laughs> if it's beneficial to me, I can do it. Um, Manchester United. That now they were. Um, they got the EPL ban right because they were two years. And, oh, stop. They, <laughs> they cooked the books, I think. I'm pretty sure it was Man U. They cooked the books. Um, beyond Arsenal, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's what you're talking about, not keeping a clean sheet. Like, they they spent money on players where they shouldn't have, and they was, like, falsifying books. Correct me if I'm uh, wrong, Beyond Arsenal. I don't – I I think he might just mean that uh, when you shut out the other team, it's a clean sheet. No, it is It is not that. Because I, I know there was a soccer t- – Conceding a goal. There you go. See? Boom. Yeah, we're getting educated on. <laughs> I love I, it. Cl- Club fantasy 2022 is going to branch out into English premier league. I say um, beyond our take... show, come back every week on Wednesday or whatever day it is in England. 
it is it is still Wednesday, depending on. Ah, oh, Jets fan. <laughs> he's a Jets fan. Nice, nice. Oh, um, I mean, if he is in England, it's actually about. It's actually, I believe, it's the next day in England. It's currently January twenty eighth because they are. I think it's seven hours different. No, they're five hours ahead of you guys in Eastern and six hours ahead of me in Central. Okay. Eight hours ahead of Chris. So seven. yes, it is a seven. Oh, your Mountain Time. Sorry. Um, yeah. And, Just on midnight. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So it's twelve twelve twenty eight a.m. over there. There we it's go. From our from our, our old buddies across the pond. Um, but we appreciate you tuning in, even though you probably couldn't care less what we're talking about. Yeah, no, <laughs> he just said he's a Jets fan. Come on yeah. now. <laughs> rough, rough season for Chris Herndon. <laughs> yeah, tough, tough, tough season. Tough season for the Jets, actually, just as a team. Hey, it's the best season for the Jets because Adam Gaze is gone. It, it, whatever needed to happen, what, happened. It, they did the right thing. Um, and before we get to Beyond Arsenal's question about the Jets, uh, Maggie's joining in. I was wondering why Josh isn't matching with everybody. I apparently didn't get the memo. I I literally <laughs> apparently it has to do with the fact that I have an Android. That's just what I'm going to assume. I also yeah. have an Android. Wait, you have an oh. Android? <laughs> yeah. Which you should know with all those green messages that pop up on your phone. Yeah, it's, it's super annoying. I I, I want to flip a table every time I see a text from Josh because I know I just join Bill's it. Mafia and jump through it. I know Might I feel, feel like a green bubble. <laughs> Oh God! I want to want to flip a table, um, but beyond Arsenal being the Jets fan, he asked, "Do you think the Jets can sign at this point? It would be to trade. Correct. Can they trade for Deshaun Watson? If they're willing to give up that too, I think Houston the, has to look at that. So. They have the draft capital. It's not like yeah. they don't have the draft capital. Um, they can probably throw in." Uh, I mean, you just you get rid of Sam Darnold. You throw in the two, maybe a a sec, maybe a first, a second, and Darnold for. Deshaun well, I was gonna say, Watson. and Darnold's intriguing because I keep seeing these trades where it's like, whatever Sam Fran's pick is, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Houston doesn't want Jimmy Garoppolo no, if they no. make the trade. Now Darnold, it depends on whether you see him as broken goods or not, but. Darnold could be the pick there to where that might be intriguing enough with Houston. Ooh, he he brought up because I forgot because yeah, the Jets have two firsts. The Jets have two firsts. They could trade those two firsts straight up and get. Yeah, I mean, if you if you throw the two firsts this year, you you throw in Darnold. Maybe even the first next year, because let's no, face it, Deshaun Watson's going to fetch no, no. three, maybe even four firsts. Uh, sure, sure. I agree. But, but I if agree, you're yeah. Houston, you lowball them. I'm well, sorry, if you're the Jets, you lowball Houston because they have a player that won't play for them. You lowball them. See, I think you need to make this trade now because I oh, think yes. if Houston gets Eric Bieniemy, I know people are saying Deshaun Watson can't be talked off this ledge. I completely disagree with that. And if Eric Bieniemy is the coach, I think he can be talked off this ledge, which is why you need to make that trade this friggin' week. Yeah, and I want to I want to back yeah. you because Jemmo said Watson. He is worth three first. I'm not. I'm At not least. Ar- yeah, I'm not. I'm not arguing that. You lowball a team that has a player that doesn't want to yeah. play. For I mean, a safety fetched two firsts. Yeah, like Jamal Adams got two firsts. What would the Ram? Would you guys give up for Ramsey? Wasn't it two first plus? Yeah, too fast. Yeah, like, but, but Josh, a franchise is, quarterback is easily worth double that. Josh, and then, Sean do they even McVay want? Sean McVay 
hates first round picks. Well, I was gonna say, do they even uh, want Darnold? I'd say because they don't want Darnold because if you're taking that second overall, you're taking Fields at that point. So you don't want Darnold. Well, that that's the thing is like, so you you can you kind of throw in Darnold in the deal to where you assume that Houston is gonna draft Justin Fields with that pick. Yeah, if they get two. But you know, you throw in Darnold because at least you know. He's probably a solid backup because he's shown flashes of that he can actually play football. Yeah. But he's also shown most of the time he's he's been coached by Adam Gase. So three team trade. That's what I say. Send Darnold somewhere. Houston gets, you know, a couple seconds for that, and then they get the first from the Jets and And maybe that's how and maybe that's how the Jets pulls it off where the Jets only have to give up those two ones, but then sending Darnold elsewhere gets enough picks thrown in there to make it worth uh, and, everyone's while. Yeah, and yeah. Arsenal brings up they have two firsts this year and two firsts next year, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. So, you so let's just say you're trading three first round picks, two this year, one next year for Deshaun Watson, and you still have a first. So Deshaun Watson's your first round pick this year and you still have a first round pick next year. Yeah, and I mean Deshaun I, any, Watson's a hell of a first round pick yeah, this year. Any, any, anybody <laughs> yes. would do that. Anybody I say, would you've been do building that. your offensive line. You grabbed an O lineman last year. You obviously have no running back, but Deshaun Watson can hide that deficiency a little bit. I know you don't love Mims, but they have Mims. They have Crowder, which is the type of slot wide receiver Deshaun Watson's going to love to have there. And Perriman, a burner a la Brandon Cooks. He's gonna feel pretty comfortable. Well, keep in Not mind, Perriman was only on a one-year deal, so he's technically a free. Oh, agent. okay, I didn't realize that. And but yeah. then Watson has expressed his wanting to go to San Francisco. You have San Francisco's coaching staff in New York, so that could be another draw for like, let's do this. So, I think, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think Deshaun Watson is a Kyle Shanahan quarterback. That that doesn't, he just he doesn't feel like he fits the bill. I think a lot of people don't realize the fact that Deshaun Watson led the NFL in passing yards this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, saw, I saw one of the. I think did Michelle. I mean, Shanahan's going to throw the football. Like, <laughs> Shanahan is going to throw, the, but I feel like Deshaun Watson's talents could be using a better system. Oh well, sure, sense. but that doesn't mean he can't be effective in that system. Oh no, I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying he wouldn't be effective because he I'm throws just... the ball downfield. That's what Shanahan does. When you go back to what he did in. Uh, in Atlanta. Yep. It's running they, gun. Exactly. They're yeah, going to throw the football. Gun. When you got guys like Debo that can create, but they can also get downfield. Brandon Ayuk is a great downfield runner. He's also yep. great in open space, but they use the, the a lot of these like pick and pops because they Jimmy Garoppolo can't throw the football downfield. Yeah. That's and, the difference. Yeah. So I, I, I'm i not saying Watson wouldn't be good. I, he, he'll be good anywhere he goes. I don't, I don't think that's a question. Yeah, he think, seems system proof at this point. If yeah. if Bill O'Brien didn't ruin him, and then the post Bill O'Brien having no real coaching didn't ruin him, and he led the NFL in passing yards, I don't think he can be ruined anywhere. It's like if if you put him in a system where he needs to run more, he can run more. Well, and keep in system, mind too, he loves Will Fuller. The Jets have a ton of cap space. If they can pull off the trade to get Watson, who's to say they don't pull the uh, the money out to go sign Fuller. Not to Why mention not? a guy like Kenny Galladay is going to be out there to you know, he can bring in a big receiver to go with him. So 
I'm just, I, I mean, I, I know this is a tight end show, but again, we've, we've stated if it's not Kelsey Kittle or Waller, it doesn't really matter. Um, I'm pulling up the free agent list here for wide receivers. The Jets have the second most cap space, I believe, behind the Jacksonville Jaguars, which I think is somewhere in the neighborhood of $75 million. Um, So you're looking at free agent receivers. I say the Jags got to throw all that money on defense or they're just screwed. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, big, get, get a receiver for Trevor I mean, they Lawrence could they could the essentially draft. do what Miami did last year. Miami focused so 100%. much of their uh, their free agency on defense. Yeah. And then and just it loaded up. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> loaded up on offense in the draft. They, you know, they drafted linemen. I mean, why not? So. So so here's some free agent receivers. Allen Robinson is out there. That that's a big that's a big name that they yeah. could grab. Will Fuller, his AAV, his average annual value in 2020 was only 2.5. That's obviously going up. Yep. Um, but you have guys, you have Will Fuller out there. Al, it's probably going Allen Robinson one, Will Fuller two. Marvin Jones is your third guy. Just say so he'll be thirty-one. I, I, he, he won't. I don't know that he'll even be a week one signing. He's probably a week two signing when free agency hits. Yeah, I mean, you have Sammy Watkins, who's only twenty-eight. Um, Brashad yes, but Perryman, we know what Sammy Watkins is. That's the we, difference. We know what Sammy Watkins is. Um, Corey Davis, if you want to, Corey Davis, if you want to take a flyer on him at twenty-six. Um, John Ross is going to be a free agent if you want a real flyer on John Ross. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not Curtis Samuel's a free agent. Like, th- there's plenty of guys out there. I think that AJ Green, AJ yeah. Green, yeah, but AJ Green is 33 and walking yeah, he's on, toast. yeah, walking on two broken legs at this. Point. I'm still like utterly shocked he had 100 targets this year. I was and gonna say the respect he pulls in the NFL, though, that's the kind of thing to where I mean, the trade would have to be done by then. But if the Jets were to bring in AJ Green, that's something where Deshaun Watson be like, that works. Yeah, that I, that just it, feels like kind of like when Andre Johnson left for the Titans. One hundred percent. When yeah. Reggie Wayne left for the the Patriots, it's like you're getting these guys that are like, yes, they're big names and they're going to command some respect, but they're done. Why are you going to waste so your I, money? I think Green can still catch. The issue is he can't get open. No. Yep. So so you're relying on, you know, planned plays for AJ Green instead of, you know, jump balls. I AJ Green could still catch a 50-50 contested ball, I think more often than not. I I truly think that. Um but you're right, it's just the name at this point. Uh, another guy out there, Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm not the biggest fan of him, but you have a guy like Randall Cobb who succeeded in Houston with Watson. I was just going to say Juju think... is a guy who fits Watson's game if yes. they can get on the same page. So. Yes. So I I I think that could be Josh Gordon still out there for Stop teams it. to maybe take a flyer on. He'll get um, reinstated eventually. Well, he was reinstated and then blew it. And then blew yeah, it again. Blew it. He had already yet. Josh um, Gordon will never play another. He'll game. get reinstated again. So <laughs> um, you, you assume Chris Godwin gets re-signed with the Buccaneers, but if not, Chris Godwin, um, Tim Patrick is a free agent as well. I, I know. Tim and he's Patrick's, gone. He's yeah. going to go somewhere. He's going to parlay this year into a contract. Yeah. I, Tim Patrick's not the sexiest name, but we've seen he's fast, can beat coverage and has good hands. So I think he's going to go somewhere and be a two and probably be a solid two. Um, there, There's names out there. You're going to have to pay for some of these guys. But like we said, the Jets have the space to do it. Yeah, it's interesting. So if they go with Watson as their first round pick, quote unquote, Maybe in the second round they go and get a cornerback that maybe a good man-to-man cornerback. 
um, and, and just just kind of build from there. Yeah. But we'll we'll see. It's it's going to be it's going to be interesting if they can get Deshaun Watson. It's a very real possibility. Um, all right. I I mean. That was fun, though. Thank you, Beyond Arsenal. I know you tuned out yeah, already, but I, I, trust Scotland me, I, in the house. Yeah, I was I was going to scrap at things to try and figure out because, um, again, tight ends, what's the matter? Um, well, there but, is one fight that I get into that I got oh, yeah, into. yeah, you a, have a rant. Go, yeah. go, Mr. Main, Ryan. I mean, and this goes back to I was dealing with this all preseason, and I debated it, and it people kept wanting to say it, and I'm just done with it. There is not a 1A, 1B at the top of tight end fantasy. Kittle is good. Kelsey is great. And just a couple of stats I wanted to throw out for that. So he's been the tight end one for five straight seasons, which is obscene. Tight end, a top 10 tight end every year he's been a starter. He's only never missed more than one game in a season. But this is where I just want to stop hearing this 1A, 1B nonsense. Over the last five seasons... Kelsey is averaging 16.8 PPR points a game. Kittle's best single season is 16.2, and he's missed 10 games in the last two seasons. Kittle has 14 touchdowns scored in his career. Kelsey has 16 in the last two seasons. It's over. I'm not debating Kittle's goodness, but there's no longer a debate to Kelsey's greatness. Until he falls off that old age cliff, it is Travis Kelsey, and it is everyone else. There is yeah. no one A and one B. Chris, I know you're 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 a staunch agreer with that sentence. Yes. You, you basically <laughs> said that Kelsey is the absolute untouchable on your dynasty team. So, <laughs> yeah, I I uh, changed his nickname to uh, just No Trade Clause. So, yeah, <laughs> I love it. I agree with that. <laughs> and it's I I, I want to bring this up. It's Kelsey in fantasy football. It's George Kittle in real life. And I'll give you that. And like I said, and as soon as they start giving me points for blocks, I'm going to be all over George Kittle for yeah. those six games where he's healthy. But until that happens, I'm, stop. Just stop. Yeah. I, 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 by principle, just don't like Travis Kelsey. I, I never, I never draft the tight end in the second round anyway. Um, but I understand why you would do that. Shit, you're gonna have some drafts in the fall or in the summer where Kelsey's a first round pick. Our, uh, Kelsey goes, tight end if Kelsey goes in the first round, I would take him in the first. I'm gonna tell no. you something. Our good friends wrong. over at our good friends over at the Fantasy Whispers uh, brought back Mock Draft Monday this week. I tuned in. Great show as always. They kill it over there. Second pick of the draft to make sure they got him, Travis Kelsey, because they knew he wasn't gonna yeah, be yeah. there at the turn. So. I mean, I, I, I look, I understand that logic where it's like, look, I want this guy and there's no way he's going to come back to me. I get that. I'm not saying it's a great strategy, but I, I'm just I, saying. Yeah, that's but, I, I can see late first. But what I'm saying is you can't convince that's right, me I would take it late first. Yep. You can't convince me that you're not going to see some non fantasy analyst drafts where you're not going to see Kelsey going top five because people are going to be like, look what he's done, especially after this Super Bowl he's about to put up. Cause I think he's going to feast. He's going to be a name that's going to be top of mind. And I think you're going to start seeing him go crazy early in drafts this year. We, we saw this a lot with like the big Gronk years yeah. where everybody was like, Oh, I got to get Gronk in the first. I think the biggest difference to me when you're looking at these types of situations with Gronk, Gronk was always in and out with, with health issues, right? We knew how dominant he was. Kelsey has been the model of consistency in terms of yep. fantasy. He's always in the lineup. 
The flip side to that is every time we talk up a tight end going super early, like I'm fine going tight end early, but I'm still not doing it before the third round. Yep. Well, I think one thing that's going to play into it big this year is how you, snake yeah. bitten everybody was at running back in the first round this year. Because first round running backs in general, yeah, they weren't bombed. Yeah, they did, <laughs> so. and a lot of it was injuries, and yeah, it was, yep. it was a whole lot of issues. But like, there's ultimately going to be that drop off. Like Kelsey ended up scoring what 278 fantasy points or something like that for the tight end position this year. Like, we don't see numbers like that often. Like, yes, you're going to have tight ends that score over 200. And more often than not, it is Travis Kelsey. It's actually 312. You had that before week 17, I'm guessing. But yeah, 312 in PPR. Okay. 278 was Waller. All right. I think that might actually be the first 300-point tight end season that I can remember in a very long time. Can, can, uh, we, can we add in, too? This there was no defense this year. Well, yeah, and that just... again, that's the point that I'm trying to get at. It's when we have these like anomaly off. seasons, you're paying up for what you think that's going to be. There's going to be a drop off, a Huge. big drop off. I'm not Huge. saying that Kelsey's not going to finish next year as a tight end one. I'm not saying that you're not going to curtail that position in your in your draft, but he's not going to score 300 fantasy points next year. That's my biggest issue with taking a tight end in the first round. He'll score two fifty. I mean, it's, but again, it's not like even that. that. I mean, uh, you look at what those the tight ends after Waller. I mean, that's a yeah, ten point difference. You're, you're basically paying for two tight ends at the uh, that you can put into your lineup as opposed to one tight end. I mean, if you grab Mark Andrews in the third round, you said you would. Uh, Take an early tight end, but not before the third round. Maybe Mark Andrews. I mean, he outscored Mark Andrews by nine points per game. That's like an extra flex spot. That's I think that's why it would pay up. Not not because they think he's going to score 300. Like Christian McCaffrey wasn't going to score 480 points again last year. Um, but he's such an advantage at the position that it's just – that's why I would definitely take him, you know, back half of the first round. Okay, and, and again, I understand that logic. But, again, like, to me, this is an anomaly year. Like, you look at those points per game. Like, the tight end three, Logan Thomas, only scored 11 points per game. So, yeah, that's a big dip. But when you look at – let's go back to 2019. You had Kelsey and Kittle both over 15. You had Ertz over 14. You had Hooper over 14. Then you had Waller at 13.8. You had Andrews at 13.8. And that to me is the like that's Where the easy. ceiling will lower. So exactly, the ceiling is ultimately going to be lowered, and you're going to have, you know, that oil is going to rise to the top eventually of the water. But even in those same seasons, I don't have the numbers in front of me. But Kelsey's consistency, what he does on a weekend, no, week out basis, again, agree so, with you yeah. a thousand percent on the consistency side of things. Uh, just to throw it out there, uh, Jimmy Graham in 2013 cracked three bills, and Rob Gronkowski in 2011. So that's all the it's way back been a to while 2002. Since we've seen it. Exactly. Yep. 2011, I think, was the height of the two tight end set for them. Yeah. I think that was. I think that was the year before Hernandez. But I just contract anybody, and I, we have a specific guest that I know is going to fight me on this. The fantasy stoner. Anybody who throws the one A one B out is not going to get safe haven from me this year. <laughs> I'm going to fight them. <laughs> On, only. In real life, George Kittle. Oh, and like I said, I I completely concede that, but I just don't play 
real life. No, football. yeah, no. This is this is fantasy <laughs> world. Yeah. Um, but you know, for those Chiefs fans that say Travis Kelsey is better than George Kittle, eh, I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, it's it's Kelsey, Kittle, and Waller with Kelsey much much further ahead of the other two. Um, it is. There's a huge drop off. Like th- there's just a big drop off, and it's to the point where, yes, we did say what was it? Sixteen tight ends scored more than 140 fantasy points, the most yep. in any season in the last five seasons. So, you can find that talent late, but again, some of those games are like a Jimmy Graham puts up 30 points one game exactly. and then two does nothing. And that's the thing where it's like. Uh, just my my philosophy is I would rather stack up on running back because as we saw, running backs get you need depth. <laughs> you need running backs. You need them. That's why I I almost exclusively take a running back in the first and second round. Sometimes even the third, depending on how I like the receivers looking there. I'll take a tight end in the. I think I took most of my tight ends in the twelfth or thirteenth round this year. It, it, keep in mind, I made the playoffs in every single league. So it, one, it's one of those positions where, yes, you could have Travis Kelsey. I'm just, <laughs> Chris, I'm just saying, you had you had Travis Kelsey. Let, let, let's preface this. He's talking about his redraft leagues. <laughs> yeah, I, yes, I guess the, the main redraft thing. leagues that I've been playing since I was eight. That's why I'm good at them. It's it's interesting to me because coming into this season, I have been, and Josh and I have talked about this. I typically am stream your tight end guy, but if I can get Kelsey, I get Kelsey. And I play in a couple of leagues where we do contests and stuff like that, where you can actually like pick your draft position. And I would tend to pick towards middle of the first round with the entire plan of taking Kelsey in the middle of the second round. Cause all of my picks would be spaced out, you know, seven or eight picks apart. I don't know that I'm going to be able to get him in the middle. And so then the question is, do I go early if I get my choice? And I actually have a league where I'm likely going to get my choice of any pick I want. And McCaffrey is just a stone cold killer in this league. Cause it's a league that actually gets points based on touches, which is ridiculous, but I have to have McCaffrey, which means I'm probably not going to be able to get Kelsey towards the end of the second round. I just don't see it being a thing anymore. So the real question is when do you start considering guys like Darren Waller and then a healthy George Kittle? Are they in play at that point? Cause Kittle was in play in the second round last year. I, is he still in play in the second round? I'd love to hear your guys' opinion on that. I think when you're looking at it, and again, I haven't really dived too far into like the way too early rankings that we're, we're planning on doing in the coming yeah. weeks. I think right now I would probably have Kelsey and Waller one and two. And the big thing for me with Waller above Kittle is availability. It's not about the talent because from a fantasy perspective, I would still take Kittle over, over Waller. But Waller plays 16 games. Yep. We haven't seen that yet from Kittle. So why do I want to blow that early round pick on a guy that really hasn't proven to be healthy? And again, it's not because I don't love like Kittle. I love Kittle. I think he's absolutely fantastic. When you get the ball in his hands, he is good. And then you look at a healthy Devo Samuel, a healthy Brandon Ayuk. That's only going to make him better. For me, I would look at him more as like a fourth, fifth round guy. But I think Kelsey is easy, like a first, second round guy for me, and Waller maybe a second, third, just because so, of the cheat code at the position that they offer. 
And see, and that's kind of what I was considering is like, I don't want to make this about my team, but we'll be going for a lot of people who have the 101 going McCaffrey at 101 and then RB Waller at 210, 212, and 301. Yeah. So I think that's very conceivable. Again, I haven't I would, done many mocks, but you know, hypothetically speaking, I think it's conceivable. I think I would take Waller and Kittle both in the third round. Um, I don't know if I would, but like I think that's where I would consider them. Okay, that's, um, and that's what I was even, wondering. Even just if it's at that, yeah, even if it's at that um, turn where it's at the three one, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna get him if you wait till the four twelve. So that's a great point. Sorry, I was just looking at a tweet from uh, Adam Schefter that just came out about the Super Bowl uniforms. We'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Oh, please tell me we're getting the Tampa Bay creamsicles. <laughs> We're not getting the Tampa Bay cream. Damn it. We'll get to that in a bit, but I want to answer Sean's question before we actually got, jump into that. But Sean, yeah. welcome. And it um, just happens to be tight ends. Yeah. Right. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Thank you for keeping it on brand. <laughs> so the trade, the trade on, uh, on the table, no fan for Brandon. Ayuk straight up. It is a tight end premium where it's 1.75 points per catch. His tight ends roster are Blake Jarwin, Darren Fells, Will Disley and Albert. O. So he has no offense backup currently in Albert O. Do you trade for Noah Fant and lose Brandon Ayuk, Josh? In tight end premium, I think I do this. Like I, I, I love well. Brandon Ayuk and I love the potential there. But we saw how bad Drew Locke was this year, and Noah Fant still had over 90 targets. He is a centerpiece of that offense. They're going to keep feeding him the football. My only concern is Cortland Sutton returning. See, to me, that only makes him better. But I'm not going to say it's not going to make him a better player. I completely agree with that. I just don't know about the target volume. This is actually tougher for me, but I can already tell you why, and I think uh, Chris might agree with me here, is you already have Jarwin, baby. Do you need another tight end? Exactly what I was saying. (laughs) You get the one point seven five for Jarwin. (laughs) We saw Schultz ball out. Why? Like, so that concerned me when I was looking at my way too early. Is they alternate them now, and then they end up hurting each other versus them just saying, "All right, I'm just going to go full bore into Jarwin now." Well, don't forget, for the two weeks before he got hurt, they were kind of doing the same thing with Albert O, but that's because Fant was dealing with his own injuries there, too. Yeah. So, I feel like you probably have to make that trade in tight end. I make premium. the trade. Yeah. yeah, I think you do. I mean, obviously, if they do end up getting another quarterback in Denver, Fant stock could go even higher, depending on who that quarterback is. Like, let's say they pull off the trade and they get Matthew Stafford, just seeing what tj hawkinson did yeah like fans value well, is only going to increase off that and know? then i love the coordinators fans been working with this was in my notes with fan i actually had fan ranked eight he finished eight this past season um two years ago fan was working with the guy who helped make george kittle a thing in san francisco and last year it was uh i can't think of the guy's name right now but he was with the new york giants when evan england yeah, became a thing Shermer, yep so he's working with these coordinators that are great with tight ends. And it sounds like there's actually going to be some continuity this year instead of having to lose a guy. So if it's lock or even better, if it's Stafford, I feel like Fant could, could be a hell of a piece this year. I agree. And I, I don't make the trade. Hmm. Oh, oh, good for you. Yeah. I, I mean, Let, let's hear I think, I think we've seen, I think we've seen fan ceiling in Denver, to be honest, it's going to be the 90 target kind of guy. Um, he's going to be a solid back end tight end one, but I'm not trading a piece like Ayuk for 
even even if it's just even if it is tight end premium, all the tight ends are scoring 1.75 per. It's not like only some get this bump and not others. So yeah, I I would wait see if I could draft a tight end in the coming. Well, I was gonna year. say if he had a chance at Pitts in the draft, that was something I was gonna bring up. So well, to right. me, I, I I guess I look at this as what do you think Ayuk's ceiling is? Like, do you think he's ultimately going to be an eighty-five reception guy with Debo there and with Kittle there? Because if Fant gets fifty receptions. At 1.75, you're right around that 85 reception mark. Yep. In terms of points scored, right? I mean, that's yeah. roughly 85 yeah. points. And so it's actually, what is it? 1.75. Yeah, it's like 80 or 77, 78. And, and two, Fanton has a higher touchdown upside. I mean, I, I, I think that uh, Ayuk obviously has the yardage side of things, but yeah. No offense, no slouch when it comes to yards per reception. I mean, he's one of the fastest tight ends in the league. Downfield threat. So yeah, yep. exactly. So that that's I mean, that, that to me is the had more touchdowns than Fant this year. So I don't know how you could say Fant has well, also played in an offense where they threw the football two yards behind the line or, of scrimmage and he ran free. So But are we expecting that to change? Where's Fant? Yeah, where's Fant going next year? <laughs> yeah, nobody's situation is changing. Yeah, no, I and and I understand that. I just think, I I I still like Noah Fant better. I'm actually trying to trade him away in Dynasty. <laughs> Is it our league? I'll take him. <laughs> I'll take him. What do you want? A no, fifth round Jarman pick? Because that, that seems good. like what you're valuing Noah Fant as about a fifth round pick. So I'll trade you a fifth. He round wants Brandon Ayuk. In a so rookie I have draft. A trade for you. How about Jalen Hurd? For uh, for Noah Fant, Jalen Hurd, another 49ers receiver. Oh, God. Jalen Hurd. Um, okay, but uh, so you got three yes, one no on that, Sean. Take it as you will. So Adam Schefter just tweeted that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be wearing their white jerseys with their pewter pants. Kansas City will be in red. Why is this significant news, you ask? Well... The last 16 Super Bowls, teams that wear white jerseys have won 13 of the last 16 Super Bowls. Oh, my God. Listen, going back to the New England-Philadelphia, the first one, which was, Josh, 2005, I think, right? 16 years would have been 2005 uh, or 2004, what, what, one of the two. But you have New England wore white. Pittsburgh-Seattle, Pittsburgh wore white. Indy-Chicago. Indy was in white. New York, New England, Giants were in white. You can see where this is going. Yeah. The only two teams before are the only three teams to, to break that curse, the Green Bay Packers against the Pittsburgh Steelers in that Super Bowl in Dallas, the Eagles three years ago now against the Patriots. Both teams wore green. The other team to do it, the Kansas City Chiefs in 2020, when they wore their red jerseys against the San Francisco 49ers. Oh my goodness. So it's, it's interesting. Let the conspiracies fly. <laughs> now listen, this has zero to do with the outcome of the game. The Jersey color could not play any less of a factor in the outcome of the game. Tell me there's a money line on which Jersey color wins. <laughs> listen, 
it's oh, I'm sure there is. It's just crazy because but, well, because you look at it, right? So up until Super Bowl Fifty One, Patriots against Atlanta, there had been one team in the previous fourteen years that had won in a colored jersey. Where so obviously the Falcons are wearing red, Patriots wearing white. The Patriots came back twenty-eight to three in white jerseys. It again, it has nothing to do with the outcome of the game. It's just crazy that teams that have worn white jerseys just since, tend to win. Just tend to win. Like I, how does that's? It's just It's utterly nuts. So the 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 Bucks historically have a better chance of winning, according to the statistics. Then the Kansas City Chiefs do. Just saying. Just there you go. saying. I've already locked in my Bucks plus three and money line, so I'm I'm already there. And Brady for MVP, because if the Bucks win, Tom Brady's getting MVP. It's that simple. Um so I, I know he wants to play till he's forty five, but if Tom Brady actually wins this Super Bowl, what seriously, what more do you have to prove? At oh, that he point? get oh, you want to know where he Retire. plays? Seriously. You, you, you want to know what division he plays next year? The AFC East. Oh, you want to know where he plays next year? Yeah. In New England. In New England. All right, fair enough. And I stand I'm, corrected. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> and I'm fairly positive as well. He plays in Buffalo. I would love to see him go 33 and three against one singular team. God, yeah, that's it's crazy. Sick. Gross how good he is against the Bills. But yes, he will be playing next year, regardless of what happens. Because he's going. What, whatever week he plays New England, I may he's, draft Tom He's Brady. retiring after that weekend. Listen, no, no, no. It's not even that. I may draft Tom Brady in fantasy as my backup. He's going to pull Avante Davis and retire mid-game. That was great. Just, I walked into the locker room the second half and said, F it. I'm out. I'm out. But t- Tom Brady next year, he's going to go into New England. I don't know what week he's playing New England. Whatever week that is, Tom Brady is breaking every record <laughs> in the books. Fantasy. He's going to throw for 10 touchdowns. Interceptions. 600. <laughs> Chris, he very may, he may throw six interceptions, but he's going to throw 10 touchdowns, so it doesn't matter. He'll be sure to get the Stephon Gilmore's balls in the book somehow. <laughs> I mean, like, the, the score is going to be 40. It's going to be 49 to nothing at halftime. Brady's going to have seven passing touchdowns. I have no doubt in my mind he will throttle that team. No doubt in my mind. So, for for next year, here's my way to early rankings. Uh, Brady's going to be like tight end eight, uh, but that one QB, week QB he's he's tight end wide receiver nine. Yeah, no, it's I Brady. guarantee you, Brady will be tight end one if they make him tight end out. Did I say tight end? <laughs> yeah, you did. That's why I said that. <laughs> Brady will it's a Rex be Ryan scenario. All over again. Gonna be like... We're on a tight end show. <laughs> Tom Brady will be quarterback nine, but he will be quarterback one that one week. Mark my words right now. Someone clip it. Mark my words. Tom Brady will throttle the New England Patriots. I mean, oh, I'm sure we'll be talking about it that entire week as well. Right? So. I am very, I'm very excited for that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess 
Do we want to go through the rest here? It's like, again. I we, just read them off at the very yeah, end. We'll read them off. All right. Very quickly. Where am I at in this list? <laughs> Who are some players you're very far off on? Josh, Robert Tunyon, uh, Zach Ertz, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, uh, Jack Doyle, and Kyle Rudolph, uh, and Dalton Schultz, obviously. Uh, Ryan, I have a, one real quick note on Rudolph and Doyle. Like, I know I was very far off on them, but I did have them finishing back-to-back, and they did finish back-to-back. Boom. It was just the tight end 39 and 40. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go you, Josh. You you really did it. Um, Ryan, you had Tanyan as well. You give a big shout-out to Jay Sternberger. Yeah, you um, tricked me. You caught on to Logan Thomas late. You had him at 41 because you had Jeremy Sprinkle involved. Yeah, I did too. That one hurts. Well, um, one interesting thing about Logan too. Thomas, I had him at exactly half as many targets he had and half as many fantasy points. So I had his points per target perfect. I just didn't give him enough targets. There you so. go. Uh, and Ryan, you'll say you had Mark Andrews at three, finished at six. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you have Tanyan and Logan Thomas as well. Uh, Tyler Higby, TJ Hawkinson, and everyone had Chris Herndon on their list. Yeah, and so. let's be real, though. With TJ Hawkinson, we know that he had 100 targets because Kenny Galladay was out. Yep. Yeah. There's so many like that this season. Yeah. I wanted to go back just real quick on Mark Andrews as well. While three to six doesn't sound like a big miss, anybody who watched our show during any of the preseason, I thought Mark Andrews legit had a chance to be the you number wrote an one article tight end. About the, with yeah. the ballers. <laughs> <laughs> and to see him not only not be that, to be just a average. He was a jack. That's a huge miss. Pedestrian. Pedestrian to say the least. And the most insane thing was the whole premise of my loving of Mark Andrews was Hurst being gone. He saw 10 fewer targets, fewer yards, fewer receptions, fewer touchdowns. He literally went down in every category. It was very disappointing. I'll be honest. I have absolutely no idea, but I'll look it up. I was actually the lowest on Mark Andrews out of wow. the three of us. I know I, I was the highest. I had him at, I think I had him at four. To be well, honest. I'm just glad I came so off had, of my, I'm glad I came off my ledge. I had him at one for a large portion of the preseason. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, this is dumb and I'm not going to do this anymore. So yeah, Ryan and I had Andrews at three, Chris, you had him at four. So that's because I had Waller above y'all. He played eighteen yeah. percent more snaps this season. There you go. Sadly, to so so you were partly right. He was going to yeah. play more snaps. Yep, he went. That offense. That Just just like George Kittle's blocking. I'm glad Mark Andrews' snap percentage really factored. Yeah, it really worked out well for my rankings and yeah. my pride. Yeah. Uh, one player uh, you thought never you thought would never finish where they did. Uh, I think everybody had Rob Gronkowski on here. Yep, everyone mm-hmm. had Rob Gronkowski. Josh, you also had Eric Ebron on there. Uh, Ryan, you just had Rob Gronkowski saying the injury to O.J. Howard really moved things along. Chris, you had Hawkinson and Jimmy Graham. I think the big thing for Gronk, I did so many shows in the preseason where I'm like, look, you're going to get one of two things from Gronk. You're going to get 500 or you're going to get five. That those, those were like my benchmarks, and he went 607. I was like, oops, <laughs> like I got both <laughs> <Tough>. very wrong. <laughs> Tough. Um, and then, Ryan, your stream of the week, tight end accountability, the weekly stream of the week, tight end, so the number one guy, correct? Yep, this is the um, guy who I put as my number one that week. Hit on 9 of 16 weeks. That's 56%. Ladies and gentlemen, you're making money if you're betting. 
at yeah. 56%. Or at least you're breaking even. So good job there, Ryan. Stream of the week, year end. We finished as the tight end 10 with 146 fantasy points. Yep. Hey, top 10. Yeah, top 10. Weekly top five picks. You were hitting 35%. Yeah, this was awful. <laughs> uh, fell apart at the end of the year. Hit five of 20 over the last month. Ooh, Ouch. tough. Yeah. But best of the bunch, tight end three with 241 fantasy points. And so, Joe, I want to throw this out because you've already said it. These are my literal notes. If you don't land Kelsey Kittle or Waller, there's no reason to consider a mid-round guy because you can build a tight end with 241 fantasy points if you do it correctly. Just for those who don't follow my article, I pick a top five every week. Every one of them is below 50% rostered. And if you managed to pick the best one, which clearly I couldn't do every week, but if you did that, you could have <laughs> built the tight end three with 241 fantasy points. There's a ton of potential in streaming. And if you don't get one of those three guys, please do not consider mid-round tight ends. I, I had I took Dallas Goddard, I think, sometime in like the 10th round in one of my leagues. Obviously, he got hurt, so I looked at Ryan's stream of the week, and for, for a good amount of time, it was, it was working. Yeah, if you picked the number one guy, I actually didn't do terrible, but man, if some of those yeah. number five. And then even worse was the number one guy, Richard Rodgers, actually pulled me a zero that week when uh, the Zach Ertz, uh, Dallas Goddard return, it was all looming, and then so everyone's like, this is Rodgers' last big week. Nope, Goddard came in. Rogers did nothing. It was all awful. So, yeah, I'm gonna have to start doing like when we post those, and then there's like these last minute injury things. I'm just gonna have to like we're we're gonna. I'm. I think I'm just gonna have to pass you the 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 Twitter handle. (laughs) Be like, wait, go back. I I say I normal I normally do, but the problem was that was a Monday night game, so there was no fixing that. So yeah, yeah. Um, my uh, my sleepers. I had one. It was Uh no fan. Hey, I go. was, I was genuinely surprised at how low he was going. Um, I th- believe he was being taken outside of the top 10. Um, so he would, he would have been like an 11th, 12th round pick. I felt like um, people fell on one of two sides. I felt cause everyone kind of was lukewarm on Jerry Judy, but I felt like it was, you either loved Cortland Sutton or you loved no offense. Like you had to kind of be one or the other. Well, so. I, well cut me in half. Cause I fell on both sides. of the <laughs> Or um, neither. I say, or neither. Cause I, I did not like Sutton. Sutton started off as like my wide receiver 12. And then like every time I redid my rankings, I think he ended up falling all the way to like 23, 24 for me. But every time I knocked Sutton down, I was moving Fant up. So L- let me preface. I didn't have Sutton as a wide receiver one. I had him somewhere around that, you know, mid wide receiver two range. Um, but I was, I was drafting in a couple of my leagues. I drafted Sutton, obviously it hurt cause he was out for the entire season. Yep. Um, but you know, I was drafting him. I took my two running backs that I knew were going to put up top 10 points. And I took Sutton as the guy, it was either Sutton or Robert Woods. I took as my guy to be my wide receiver one. And obviously Woods fucking paid off gloriously yeah i literally had that exact choice and went sutton in a league and that was the one league where i was playing to like not be the toilet bowl and like this league does a whole toilet bowl punishment and i was like oh god i this is not my bag here i gotta get so it buy into that stuff within my leagues and it's very disappointing so well i i'll shout this league out it's from a good friend of mine that i met through banking but um it's a toilet bowl champion and so you have to he has a engraved 
actual toilet seat that you have to wear as a necklace at all league events. So we make the guy stand up and do the star spangled banner at our like pre-draft outing while wearing a toilet seat around his neck that says, I suck at fantasy football in what year and all that. So it's, it's a very cool little league punishment that I was trying to avoid with my life. Not, not finishing last in that league was almost more important than finishing first in other leagues. Oh, in, in, in my buddy's league, it's just, you know, you're happy to just make the playoffs. You don't care if you win the 180. <laughs> you just, you're happy that you're safe from the losers. Brad. Yeah, I, I need to ask you, Joe, because we never did get an yes. update. Uh, who finished last and had to eat an Arby's fish? My wife literally was just asking me about this uh, this week. So, so it was funny. The guy who finished last actually went to Arby's and they were out of fish sandwiches. <laughs> oh and I'm like, how are you out of fish sandwiches at Arby's <laughs> of, of all things? Like a fish sandwich, right? Um, it was my buddy... Uh, my buddy's brother, so my buddy Link, his younger brother Nick, who he was very excited to. He's, I mean, he's only like a couple years younger. He's I think was he our one. was he the flex depth guy? No, he was the flex depth guy. Actually, finished seventh. Which oh, is, okay. So he won the oh. losers bracket technically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was his name's his name's Nick, um, and he had his. It was funny because he actually had Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson on his team. Um. <laughs> Wait, it's not a super flex though, right? It's not a super flex. Oh, okay, never mind then. Um, so, so that shocked look is now even more shocked that yeah, yeah. both of them. Yeah, but I mean, again, like you know, Mahomes is dropping forty a game. I was gonna say that's rough to finish last with Mahomes on. Yeah, Mahomes and he and he, you know, just yeah, that's because the running back that you have, you can't start because he's a quarterback. Yep. But let me let me let me while while I'm talking, let me see if I can uh let me see if I can pull up um his exact team. But it was actually him against my brother. Um and my my brother absolutely destroyed him. It, it was not even close. Hey, I feel um, like we were a part of that. He was asking questions that week. So he's he asking, asking questions, questions that week. week. Yeah, it was great. He asked me questions all the time and I I told him the right answers most of the time. The issue is his team was just bad. Um, all right, let me, I am about to pull up. So the losing roster in my, my buddy's league. So here we go. It's, it's, it's actually kind of sad because there's some good players on here. Um, okay. So the starting lineup he had in the championship or the, the, the toilet bowl, the Arby's fish sandwich bowl, Patrick Mahomes, Nick Chubb, Allen Robinson, Dallas Goddard, Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, Jerry Judy, the Browns defense, Cody Parkey. His bench, James Conner, Tyler Boyd, Devontae Parker, Sammy Watkins, Ryan Tannehill, Lamar Jackson, Chase Edmonds, the Cowboys D, and DJ Chark. Who in God's name would roster the Cowboys defense? <laughs> or Sammy uh, Watkins. Right? Guys. I feel like he was, guys, week one. Guys, he was saving him for week, week 16. 16. <laughs> guys, guys, he came in last. Okay, there's a reason. Well, I mean, we, I, I get that. Um. But he was so excited to join the league, and then he comes in last. Like he was—he'd been asking his his brother if he could join for like the last couple of years because we've had some open spots here and there. Um, and he comes in and loses. And he's also in the dynasty league that we started. Um, and he didn't draft a running back to like the sixth round. Um, his team is not good at all. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting. It would, it's going to be impressive if he loses both leagues next year. His football <laughs> IQ is not that high. 
Uh, Nick, I know you're not listening, but if you are, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Hey, yeah, Josh. That's, that's yep. crazy. I have a question for you. Sure. So how do you feel about Johnu Smith's season? I know we went back and forth about this a lot. You got your shots in with uh, Tyler Higby, but I mean, Johnu Smith, I came within 0.25 of fantasy points in uh, nailing his projections. How'd you do? He, how did I do? I know. I feel like I had no, 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 no. For a second. No, no. He's, he's very he's on point because i was very high on hick on uh on uh janu janu but he turned uh, to me I mean, for a second my, asking that question in my <laughs> in my way too early rankings i had janu top five and for much of the year he was a top seven eight tight end what really turned the tides for janu so i had him at tight end eight going into the year 53 catches. 631 and six touchdowns what he he ended up with i know he finished the tight end 16 but uh, I, he I, think had... what, I think what really hurt him is that the titans found out that anthony ferkser could do more than block well there's that 41 they, they asked Janu to block when taylor luan went down with a knee injury that was the big issue yeah. so Janu stayed in to block more yeah kind so of the, tight, the touchdowns were there he had the eight touchdowns he only had, he only ended up with 65 targets. So I was only about seven off on that, but I was 12 short on, uh, on the receptions. And I had him at a much higher yards per reception. I had him at 11.9. He finished at uh, 10.9. So that really was, I, I think the biggest change in terms of the receptions, because I had him with a few more, but yeah, I mean, you can see like the, the splits in his actual game, like the first, half of the season when Luan was playing versus the last half when Luan was out. And we touched on this in one of our episodes. Janu was blocking. And so they were using, it's kind of the same thing last year with, um, uh, with, uh, with Higby. When, when Everett went down, they moved Higby into that, like, Hey, we're going to run him instead of keeping him inside to block. And they moved Johnny Munt into doing that. And that's what opened up uh, Higby's production as, as a, as a tight end. So John, who kind of had the inverse effect on that. So, you know, it's uh, yeah, I just, because I just... He's, a, he's a free agent this year. So, you know, having the, the down season, quote unquote, you know, he's probably not going to get the contract that he wants, but hopefully the Titans still value him. And, you know, Luan coming back healthy next year, I think we'll see it really, to me, it, it's a, it's a buy low opportunity in dynasty for John. Eh. Yeah. If, yeah. if Corey Davis walks, that could be huge again. That, that's what I'm saying. Like AJ you could buy low on Janu now, anticipating they won't re-sign Davis. Because again, why would they when they declined his fifth year option? Yeah. Like I understand he had a good year this year, but you have a guy in AJ Brown who did what he did with a hundred targets. Just imagine if you're feeding this guy 150, 160 targets again. That's basically what AJ Brown just said to Justin Jefferson this right? week. <laughs> right? You know, know and you throw 90 of them to John who's way. Like I, yeah. you don't need a second tight end or a second wide receiver at that point. So I, I think people are going to be too high on John Smith again, going into next year. It's gonna I be don't think they'll be too high on him. Personally. Yeah. I was going to say, I, the fact that he they ended will. the season so quietly, I'm interested to see how that plays out. They will. No, pe- people will be too high on him. Remember, remember Chris Hearn in the last two years? I was going to, it's so okay, funny. You one had Adam Gase, the other doesn't. So I was going to say, one is Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback. 
Chris Herndon Who's is actually super the last two years. Chris Herndon is actually super interesting now because he is <laughs> oh, yeah. still, uh, with Ryan, Michael Moore. Oh yeah. Ryan, shut up. No. <laughs> no. Stop it. Get- I I no, guarantee you no, Chris Herndon no, is on no. my stream of the week list more times than I can. <laughs> no. No. Stop it. Stop it. We're done with the Chris Herndon talk. No, we were I'm done t- with Adam Gaze. No, yes. we're done everybody with the Chris Herndon is talk. On, everybody's Until on the Until Deshaun now. Watson is a New York Jet, then I may allow it. I'll I take, may I'll, allow it. I'll take Darnold and Herndon in the San Francisco system. Get that get that shit out of My here. My biggest worry now is Jamison Crowder because I don't know how he is going to play in a San Francisco system. That's going to take some research on my part. So, Well, you know uh, who was the number two tight end between week 16 and week 17, right? Chris Herndon. <laughs> <laughs> I promise oh, you. I can't wait for somebody to extrapolate that. <laughs> I promise you, Chris. I was literally trying to think of the weeks you said. My brain would not wrap around. I was like, did he say 16 and 17? <laughs> <laughs> that's my new yeah, favorite yeah he was the tight end too <laughs> when i tweet when i tweet this show out tomorrow i promise you i'm using that stat <laughs> i have to now <laughs> championship week championship week chris herndon he had uh four catches for 34 yards that's 7.4 points plus a touchdown 13.6 he would have been the better stream of the week option than my stream of the week i'll tell you that <laughs> chris herndon Chris Herndon had three touchdowns on the season. Two of them came in week 16 and 17. Yeah, baby. <laughs> to, to the moon, Chris Herndon. <laughs> to the moon. Actually, where it's like. going to take his like, GameStop stock. Just, it's like stonks, baby. I, I saw to the moon trending on Twitter. and I Yeah, got it's mad. like a big thing now. <laughs> I got mad. Like, I was genuinely mad. I didn't invent the phrase, but I got mad. Well, my favorite thing was I was the one who said it, and you just took it, baby. But I'm good with it. It sounds way better coming out of your mouth. You took it to the moon. Yes, Chris. <laughs> Chris, Chris Herndon made the stream of the week list exactly one time last season, week three, and he scored five fantasy points. Go, Chris Herndon. If you extrapolate that out, that's 80 fantasy points. 80? <laughs> yep. Which he probably didn't have this season, if I had to guess. If you extrapolate week 16 and 17, that's Woo! 240. Yeah, no, Chris Herndon had 3.7 on the year. So he paced better when I picked him as stream of the week. So wait till next year, baby. <laughs> no, no Chris Herndon talk. Well, what's like, funny is I was... I was a notorious Chris Herndon hater coming into last year and caught so much for it. And I'm about to flip completely this off season. So. Oh, I hate you. I know exactly how you feel. Cause that's how I felt about Chris Herndon a year ago. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear it. I, I don't want to hear it. It's I don't want to hear it. I don't want to, I don't, don't, don't want to hear it. Ryan's Ryan's not allowed back on the show. <laughs> the Jets preview. Run, the, the, the Jets preview. Sorry, Ryan, your Wi-Fi isn't connected. What's funny then. is, 
I think I actually missed the Jets preview this past year. So. Oh, get, well, get, you're gonna miss yeah, because I think we brought you on with the the was it second or third. No, no, I was in for all of them, but I had to miss one because I was in North Carolina and had horrible. That was the one we had with the Jets. On. Yeah, with bets. So I think you guys had. I think that was the Raiders, Cleveland, and the Jets. So yeah, that was the one I missed. Oh, well, I mean, it's gonna suck that you're gonna miss the Jaguars, Jets, and. Dolphins or Texans. It's going to suck that you're going to miss that one. Yeah, that's Ryan, we're going to miss you, honestly. We're going to miss you for that show. Fuck Chris Herndon. No, not yet. I refuse. Unless Deshaun Watson is a Oh, don't worry. When we get to the Jets, I'm just waiting for you to pick Herndon as your sleeper. Yeah, when he puts. (laughs) The only reason I will pick Chris Herndon. Listen, right now, as it stands, he may be the sleeper. <laughs> I love how you backpedaled quickly on that well, one. Well, because I'm trying to think who's rostered. I was trying to think of the receivers that are currently rostered on their team. Uh, um, the man, the myth, the legend, Braxton Berrios. Oh, oh love me some Braxton Berrios, baby. D- double B. Um, no, I would. Um, I mean, listen. If they it may, cut it may be Herndon. Salary cap. I mean, I understand they have a ton of cap space. Oh, Berrios is. Oh, yeah. I'm all in on Berrios. He'll be my version of your Steven Sims from this year. There you go. Oh, okay, so I'm not going to pick Braxton Berrios then. <laughs> yeah. uh, and by that, you mean absolute trash. Yeah, you mean absolute shit. Um, Cam Sims or Steven Sims? Steven, I was them. so high on Steven Sims. It listen, was, listen. No, it was so disgusting. was I. It was funny yeah. with the Sims last yeah. name. Like, oh, Steven Sims is doing we, Wait, no. We were, no. Yeah. we were so confident Steven Sims would outplay his draft, uh, his ADP of like 84. Nope. And I'm very positive he didn't do that. Like, how do you how do you not outplay your your ADP of undrafted? How do you not outplay that? Undrafted. Like you don't play you don't outplay your ADP of undrafted. You're a starting receiver. What I'm really interested what? to see now is that Cam Sims literally did the same thing this season that Steven Sims did a year ago. Oh, so is it all about to just flip on its head? Yep, wait, exactly. <laughs> They're gonna be like, oh, somebody's got to do something to Terry next to Terry McLaurin. Calvin Harmon, Calvin Harmon's coming back. That's true. Gandy Golden. There you go. Yeah, I'd love to see that happen. I took a flyer on Gandy Golden in a dynasty startup, so that was yeah. he was like my seventh receiver. I'm like, eh, if he hits, great. He's a big boy. He could do something. Yeah. So. Didn't you trade him to me in our dynasty league, Ryan? I did. He was the throw in on the uh, Aaron Jones. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> there you go. Home run. To be fair, as of this moment, only one of them has a job next year. <laughs> so. yeah, Aaron Jones will not be a Green Bay Packer next year. That is just. That I is would not bad. be shocked if he lands in Atlanta, to be quite honest with you. I personally would love to see him in Miami, but Atlanta makes a ton of sense. With Arthur Miami. Smith in Atlanta? Aaron Jones, yeah. That'd be huge. Yeah, with Arthur Smith there and wanting to to run the football, I yeah, it, I think Aaron Jones would be a perfect fit. Sucks that that offensive line can't block. So, R.I.P. <laughs> to Aaron Jones. Um, and quickly before we hop off from our buddy Gabe, yeah. explain what the helmet to helmet rule is. So, what the rule is is it's called <laughs> because it's never called correctly. Yeah, no, it's it's never called correctly. So, there's the problem is called using the crown of the helmet, which essentially yeah. means the top of the helmet. Um, I mean, the prime play that didn't get called was the Daniel Sorensen hit on Rashad Higgins. He literally led with the crown of his helmet. Um, 
So that's one of them. Helmet-to-helmet contact is... Sometimes it can be incidental, um, but anytime there's a hit and the player hits with the helmet more so than his body... They're always going to err to the side of the penalty, except if you're the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Have you seen uh, the pylon view of that hit? It yeah, looks like smoked. he's a human missile going. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Sorensen didn't even lead with his shoulder. He full on led with his head. Yeah, he just there's, just like, Woo! there's oh, a right. weird angle from the back where it looks, and I understand he didn't, but there's a weird angle from the back where it looks like he led with his shoulder. And I just wonder, and I understand it's a non-reviewable play, but I wonder if that was the view the ref saw, because I just saw a screenshot of it the other day. And I'm like, that almost makes it look like a clean hit. And I fully concede it was not a clean hit. We, we talked about this after the week where I wasn't quite sure what the rule was myself, but there is a view where it looks clean. And I'm wondering if that was the, I, I don't know. I don't remember where the refs were positioned, but I wonder if that was the, the ref that should have made that call. So it, it, one needs to be reviewable that the the refs can't be afraid to throw a flag like that. Also bullshit rule fumbling the ball out of the end. Zone. That no sense. It literally makes no sense. Like, Hey, I know you were one yard away from scoring a touchdown, but because you screwed up, we're giving the ball back to your opponent 19 yards back from where you and, were. And, and also, if you fumble the ball forward 25 yards and it goes out of bounds, the ball doesn't – you don't gain 25 yards yep. off the fumble. It comes back to the spot of the fumble. Yep. So it makes no sense. That in that, that one specific area, you change your own rule. Yeah. You're at the one-inch line. You fumble out of bounds. Oh, no problem. Just, you know, first and goal from the one. Yep. One inch later, you're like, oh, the other team has the ball now. Sorry. <laughs> it's the worst rule. Like, it could be like a penalty. It could be like a uh, you, move, you move back to the 20. Like, you actually move back to yeah, the 20. Yeah, it could There's be you know, like a reverse touchback. Just do something where you're not losing the ball. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So stupid, but... That is the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Chris, thanks for joining us for these last four weeks. Yeah, it's been great, Chris. It has been yeah. Kudos on your rankings, Chris. I Just going yes. through, you were very close on a lot of guys. That's awesome, man. Yeah. This was this was my jam right here, The this tight end show, even though Kelsey didn't matter. But, like, I come in within a point on two guys. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. My points were way off. The split tight end splits killed me, and I gave – tight ends way too many yards per catch uh, yeah. well, i just gave tight ends in general way too much credit so yeah i'm gonna have to fix that going into next year yep. what's what what's the rule ladies and gentlemen nobody matters if you're not kelsey that was kelsey to the moon yes i mean that, yeah I, I will not say travis kelsey to the moon ever because travis kelsey uh but yeah if it's not kelsey killer waller it doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter. Um, if there's one thing you take away from this show, let it be that, please. 100% true. Next week, Super Bowl preview with Mark Drumheller and Jersey Jen. Uh, Chris, before, because obviously you won't be on with us, um, do you, who do you have, the Bucks or the Chiefs? Uh, Chiefs by 10. Woo! <laughs> that's a that's a <laughs> joke. <back>. What? <laughs> I don't know. Just a guess. I, I as everything we, as is everything we do here. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been very good with the spread in the playoffs, so uh, oh, take oh, that take makes that. Me feel good about call. my Tampa bet. Whew, <laughs> all right. 
Yeah, I mean, almost it's it was like your Arizona Rams, you know, Arizona Chris, bet. I, Chris, I literally conceded that Arizona's dog shit against the spread. <laughs> like I, I said that. I said that they're dog shit against the spread. <laughs> terrible, terrible team against the spread. Like Cliff Kingsbury on the shit list for the rest of eternity. He sucks. Um, He's awful. Yeah. But all right, there you go. Chris has the Chiefs by ten. Uh, we will we will mark that and make sure that you are penalized when the Bucks win. Um, <laughs> Aren't we are already penalized enough if the Bucks Basically, win? Yeah. No, no, we are not. <laughs> no, we are not. Because people still think Tom Brady's not the greatest quarterback I, yeah, of all time. Yeah. So. If you're if you're still in denial on Brady not like, being the goat, stop. You're, listen, you're, you're listen if 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 seven rings doesn't do it for you, you just you hate life. Like you just hate yeah. life at that point. It's ridiculous. Um, all right. So next week, like we said, Super Bowl preview with Mark Drumheller and Jersey <clears throat> Jersey Jen. Excuse me. Got two awesome guests for you. Going to talk. Yeah, about very her. excited about Jen. We tried to get her on during the uh, the season, fantasy just season, couldn't work. but we just couldn't work. So being able to get her on for the the prop bets, which she loves gambling, guys. So. Yep. Jen's going to be great, and, and we love Mark. Woo. He's fantastic. So yeah, it's going to be a good one next week. Super excited to get the prop bets in. Um, I know a couple of you got, like, who's going to win the coin toss, all, all those all those different things. Yeah, and, and just know, Joe, that you're in charge of that one. So make sure you get all the different prop bets going. And, yeah. Love it. I don't want to have to shoot you a text on Monday night to remind you. <laughs> Oh, no, shoot me a text because I'm going to forget. No, so, you need to do that. I'm just going to have to do it on Saturday, apparently. Yeah, to, Monday. text me. I'm going to forget. Um, I, Josh, I don't know if he's just, you know, for everyone. I'm moving. Yeah. So that kind of takes up a good amount of time. Um, so, yeah. Be a, you'll, you will see a, you'll see a different backdrop, not next week, in two weeks. You will there see you a go. different backdrop. We got a good guest in two weeks too. A Bismarckian backdrop. A Bismarckian, I like. A that. North Dakotan, <laughs> Dakotian backdrop. What? What do you? I don't know what they call. Learn you the better find out. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I did find out. Watch, as, watch what, Fargo. <laughs> everyone says watch. I don't want to watch Fargo because my. Yeah, and the I new season is Chris Rock. <laughs> listen, listen. And that's how they talk. Here's, here's, here's. <laughs> that's how they talk. <laughs> Um, I actually, I, I was, I was just doing research and I looked up the population in Dallas. It's 1.3 million and the entire state of North Dakota, yeah. it's 762,000. And mm -hmm. also the African-American black population in North Dakota is 1.9%. It's Chris Rock. It's Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's so terrible. It's, oh it's, my God. It's, uh, Josh, that's just a fact. Like, that's no, not terrible. I'm not saying it. I'm not debating it. Tonight. I'm just saying it's terrible. It's just a fact. Like, it's literally, like, I'm pretty sure, I think it was like 87% Caucasian. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. I, I'm pretty I, sure not, not exactly. I, say, I assume there's probably more Native Americans up there than African. Yeah. There is, well, yeah. hey, you can, there's a blackjack table in every bar in Bismarck. There you go. There Let's you go. go. It goes. It goes to the Native American Gaming uh, Association. Maggie's gonna be so mad at you for blowing. I was just gonna say, Josh. Josh, they are one in two dollar tables. Like they oh, are. Those are those are right the, up Joe's alley. Maggie even said she's gonna try and bet. Let's go. Woo! All right. 
I'm excited. She says what in the other in the other room? Are you not watching the show? Like she probably you... doesn't realize we're still on the air because we're so oh. off the rails at this point. Right. So. <laughs> off the rails. Ninety four minutes in. There we go. We did great uh, this time. Yeah, we did, did great. Um. All right, for the one Hudsonian, for Chris Mo two four one three, the Fantasy Five, myself Joe underscore Zolo. You can follow Club Fantasy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Club Fantasy FFL. The URL is Club Fantasy FFL dot com. Next week, Super Bowl preview with Mark Drumheller and Jersey Jen. Super excited for that show. Uh, and of course, you got Chris's prediction: the Chiefs minus ten to are the Chiefs to win by ten. In Super Bowl 55, myself, I mean, you already know mine. I've been touting mine. Uh, but Josh and Ryan will reveal theirs next week along with Mark and Jen. We are extremely excited for the Super Bowl. We hope you are, too. Enjoy this bullshit that they're putting on this weekend with the with freaking Madden. Um, always remember, defense wins championships. Offense wins fantasy football. We will see you next week.